Welcome to the Road to Health podcast, a podcast series focused on real Rhode Islanders who are making a difference in the health and wellness of communities across our state. Each episode will take you inside a health topic that affects Rhode Islanders with the hope of informing and empowering you to navigate the confusing but vitally important role of healthcare in your life. Please welcome this week's host, Charlotte Christ. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Charlotte Christ, and I'm the Managing Director of Clinical Programs here at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. And I'll be serving as your host today. In this episode, we'll be talking about an issue that we've heard is a big concern for many of our senior members, but one that they may not talk about due to embarrassment or stigma. We're talking about urinary incontinence or issues with bladder control. It's definitely not a sexy topic, but the real danger for patients lies in not discussing symptoms like this with their doctor. To help us better understand why and how we should have these conversations with our healthcare provider, I welcome our guest today, Dr. Michael Ross, a geriatrician and director of inpatient geriatric medicine at Kent Hospital. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Charlotte. It's great to be here to talk about such an important topic. Thanks. So, Dr. Ross, you're a geriatrician. Um, how does one go about becoming a geriatrician? Great question. Um, becoming a geriatrician means we go through med school, so four years of medical school, and then either enter a primary medicine residency in family medicine or internal medicine for about three years, working in the hospitals, working in clinics. And then that's followed by a one-year, at least a one-year specialty in geriatric-focused care for older adults. What attracted you to geriatrics? Caring for older adults, which typically are 65 years and older, these are patients who are very medically complex. They're challenging. Trying to solve one problem usually leads to many more issues um, coming about. Listening to their stories, getting to know them as a person. Um, I like to think of geriatric medicine as caring for older adults and not looking at them as a sum of their medical problems or diseases, but rather looking at them as a person, what's important to them. How can we maintain or improve their quality of life? Is the topic of urinary incontinence or bladder control one that comes up often with your patients? Yes, Charlotte. This is a very common problem that truly can affect the quality of life of older adults. Hmm. Um, can, could you provide a general explanation and overview of, of what bladder incontinence is? Absolutely. Let's start with a basic definition. Urinary incontinence really is any involuntary leakage of urine. Um, there's many different types. There could be many different contributing causes, but that's the basic definition. So, Dr. Ross, how common is the problem of bladder control? Well, it can affect up to 30% of older adults living at home. And the prevalence of this truly increases with age. Typically, it's known to affect more women than men. But after the age of 80, it affects just as much men as it is for women. So, Dr. Ross, what types of questions do you ask your patients to understand if this is a problem of theirs? Great question. I encounter patients daily who struggle with urinary incontinence, and we work to try to identify the type, underlying cause, or causes, because very rarely is there only a single contributing factor, and how to best manage incontinence to avoid the complications. Some of the questions I ask really are very simple questions. I typically will not ask a patient, do you suffer or do you have any urinary incontinence? Most of the time, they don't have a good understanding of what that is. So my questions are very simple. Three questions I ask all older adults are, do you have any problems with bladder control? Do you have problems making it to the bathroom in time? And do you ever leak urine? 
So these are questions I like to ask my patients and listeners can be asking them themselves. If someone answers yes to any of these, these questions, further follow-up questions I like to ask to help determine what type of urinary incontinence the patient is living with includes, for example, if you're performing physical activity or if you're coughing or laughing or sneezing or exercising, that might lead to a very common cause of stress urinary incontinence. Um, if you have the urge or a feeling that you need to empty your bladder but can't get to the toilet in time, be there fast enough, that would suggest urge incontinence. And then some patients have what we would call mixed incontinence, a combination of this physical activity and sense of urgency. That is, that's great information. I'm, I'm also wondering if I could ask a little bit about, or I'd love to talk more about the um, issue of stigma or embarrassment, not just for bladder incontinence, but for other maybe perceived awkward health topics, especially with seniors. We worry about things that may lead to increased social isolation. Um, could you talk a little bit about the risks of not talking to your doctor about symptoms like bladder incontinence? Complications of bladder incontinence really can impact many quality of life factors. Um, it increases one's chance of developing cellulitis, pressure ulcers, increases risk of urinary tract infections, can affect quality of sleep, contribute to falls and subsequent fractures, and really importantly, it's also been associated with increasing risk of developing depression social withdrawal, and impaired quality of life. We're going to take a little break for some health information. Let's take a quick break for healthcare basics. Each episode, we take a minute to shed light on common healthcare terms you may encounter. This episode's healthcare basics topic is generic drugs. Generic drugs are made from the same key ingredients as the brand name drugs you see advertised on TV. The government says that these drugs are as safe and effective as the brand name medicine. Once a company's patent on a brand-name prescription drug has expired, other drug companies are allowed to sell the same formulation of the same active ingredients, resulting in a generic, non-brand-name drug. Because more manufacturers can produce generic drugs, they are typically less expensive than the brand-name version. Most health plans have a lower copayment for generics. And thank you. We're back. So, Dr. Ross, what can seniors or those who might be caregivers for elderly loved ones do to get issues like this addressed? You know, how would you recommend that they approach a topic like this and, and ask for help? A great place to start is with your primary care provider. Again, a lot of people shy away from wanting to have this conversation because they think about more medications added on or, or surgery. But there are some very simple non-medical behavioral and nutritional strategies that can, can be used at home or anywhere um, to help. How do you recommend they approach a topic like this and, and ask for help? Again, I, I, this, is, this traditionally is a very private problem. People do not like talking about it. But when it's brought up to physicians, people usually are really glad and open to talk about this. Um, there are some really common tips that one can use to help improve and decrease chances of urinary incontinence. A few of those may be avoiding fluids that irritate the bladder, such as caffeine, alcohol, avoiding citrus juices or fruits, or anything that's really highly acidic, like tomatoes or certain fruits. Losing weight, exercising regularly, and quitting smoking are also really key and important. And something that individuals can do at home are Kegel exercises or pelvic floor exercises for decreasing stress urinary incontinence. So how, how can a person understand how to do pelvic floor exercises? That's a great question. Anyone can do these exercises. The key is strengthening the pelvic floor. 
people often have the misconception of when's the best time to do Kegel exercises or pelvic floor exercises. Some feel that the best time is during urination, and it's not. That can increase one's chance of developing urinary tract infections. However, for the first time, if you don't know what muscle stops the flow of urine, a great way to initially determine that would be to stop during stream to help identify that muscle. You really want to focus on the isolation of the pelvic muscles. Avoid buttock, abdomen, and thigh muscle contractions. So basically, you want to squeeze the muscle shut, aim for about 6 to 8 seconds, but when you're first starting out, just 1 to 2 seconds is really a good place to start. And then do about 3 sets of 8 to 10 contractions. That would give the pelvic floor a really good workout, and if it's done multiple times during a day, and increased in duration and frequency over time can truly help it strengthen the pelvic floor and decrease episodes of leaking during times of laughing, coughing, sneezing, exercise. That is such great information, and I, I'm so pleased that you were here to share it with us. Um, especially as I understand the state of Rhode Island is uh, a state that has a large aging population. In fact, uh, one of the highest percentages of elderly uh, among all the states in the U.S. Okay, we're going to take a quick break now. Hi, I'm Carolyn Belisle, Managing Director of Community Relations at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Let's take a minute to highlight one of the local nonprofit organizations Blue Cross partners with in the Rhode Island community. Macaulay Ministries is an independent nonprofit organization sponsored by the Sisters of Mercy and rooted in the ideals of its founder, Catherine Macaulay. Their ministry provides the basic needs of food, clothing, shelter, health services, emotional support, and guidance to the most vulnerable in our community. Through Macaulay House, a meal site and house of hospitality, the organization provides meals to upwards of 300 people each day. Blue Cross was a founding funder of the Lunch on Us program, which was created in 2007 as a way to fund the necessary meals provided to Rhode Island's hungry neighbors. For more information on our community partnerships, please visit bcbsri.com backslash community. And thank you. We're back. So, um, Dr. Ross, what about um, various medications that uh, maybe some of your older adults take that could either be prescribed for their incontinence or that they're currently taking? Can you tell us how medications play into incontinence? That's a great question. Um, There are actually numerous medications that can actually cause or worsen urinary incontinence. So whenever I see a patient, I like to do a good medication review. Medications for blood pressure, pain medications like ibuprofen, medications for depression and anxiety, all can cause or worsen urinary incontinence. Also, some patients have prescribed medications for urinary incontinence. Some of these medications that are prescribed for incontinence have really serious adverse effects in older adults. They can cause cognitive impairment, memory problems, confusion, dry eyes, dry mouth, constipation, urinary retention. So Dr. Ross, is there anywhere um, your patients or folks in the community could go to seek information about urinary incontinence? There's a wonderful website that provides older adults and caregivers with up-to-date information on health and aging. It's called healthinaging.org. Oh, that's so great. Um, so the most important thing to know about urinary incontinence is it's, it's okay to talk to your doctor. 
Solutions to urinary incontinence can be complex and time-consuming, but the risk is in not talking about this to your provider. Um, Living with an issue like incontinence due to embarrassment can lead to potential loneliness, social isolation, or even depression. So for most people, many, or for many people, simple lifestyle changes or treatments can ease discomfort or stop bladder control issues altogether. I'd really like to thank Dr. Michael Ross for joining us today. Thank you very much for sharing some of your insights and expertise. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to be here. I just want to stress when seeking care, remember, you are not alone. This is a very common problem, and there's multiple different options to help people, so don't be afraid to ask for help. That's it for this episode of the Road to Health podcast, brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Our producer is Jill Flaxington. Our sound engineer is Jonathan Finn. For more information on the topics discussed or to listen to our library of episodes, please visit bcbsri.com. If you'd like to connect with us or have a story to tell, we are at BCBSRI on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thanks for listening.